1: This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp.
4: Okay, you guys, welcome to this week's Teddy Teapot. I am super excited because I'm going to be co-hosting with my friend, Carissa Culliner. She, you guys have seen her on e Daily Pop. She is so fun. She has such a light, amazing personality and super cute kids. We have so much to connect on, especially all the juice. So, Carissa, thank you for joining me this week. Like how I had to slide into your DMs. I was like,
5: hey. Anytime, girl. You're always welcome in my DMs.
4: I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to slide into her DMs to see if she can join me on this week's Teddy Teapod. What did you have to do to bribe your kids so that you could do this right now?
5: Oh, well, you picked a perfect time. This is nap time. So it's not bribing my kids. It's bribing my husband to watch to make sure the kids stay asleep. Oh. So that's how that works. So I'll, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have, Oh, there's my spark. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to make up for it afterwards. I'm sure I'm going to be on dinner duty tonight.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, That's how it goes. I know my kids came in like probably about three minutes before I hopped on and my daughter's like, mom, you have to come down. You have to see this. And I'm like, what? And it's that the dogs had gotten to a bird
0: and I'm like, oh.
4: I really had to see this. Dad is downstairs. He could have seen this. He could have been the one to help you with this.
5: Always, always. I want mom to do it. I want mom. It has to be mom. You're like, no, no, no. This is a dog eating a bird. That is dad's <laughs> that, that thing. That is dad. Is, and then they if want there's the anything that screams more dad. It's
4: that. It's that one. And then they want to really get into the details. Like, do you think? The bird just was taking a nap and the dog. I I don't know what happened. Oh, man. You're like, and I don't have time to break this down for you right now. I really don't. I have to go talk about other people's problems.
5: (laughs) Most importantly, yes. I I totally feel you. It's tough. But yeah, you make this happen. And you've got lots of kiddos in the house and they're all different ages. See, luckily my kids are still doing nap time. So I at least have a couple hours of the day. That's my saving grace.
4: Well, we have babies the same age, right? Like how old yeah. is your daughter?
5: Well, Dev is nine months. Zoe, my daughter is nine months and Dev is what? 11 months. Yeah. So they're pretty close.
4: So are you on two naps or what? three naps? Two naps. Two naps. We're on two naps too, but she's ready. It's like, she's, she's tapping at the window at like 30 minutes on the second nap. Yeah. So I'm like, no, she's she's almost over. She's almost But done. you got to hold on to it as long as I you know, can. Because the lunchtime nap, once the world opens back up again, is not an ideal nap. No. Because that's you want to take them out and go to lunch or go on a walk or do those things. And I'm like, no, I like the two nap. The gap, that, like, come on.
5: I know. It is I know. Good. We still have two naps and she's still holding on strong to those. So... That's good. And then Chase, Chase, I can still take one nap a day, which he's three. So I'm pretty happy about that.
4: I kept my kids doing it for as long as possible. And then they were in a preschool that like had the nap until kindergarten. I was like, this is a dream. Yes, exactly. I I love that we're going from kids nap schedule to cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the transition is key. This is, this feels like Daily Pop. Uh. (laughs) I have to tell you that I have realized I have been like, since all, since everything has happened with Corona and I'm not the world's best sleeper. I go to sleep at, like, a regular time and then I'm up at, like, 2 a.m. I've realized I have an insatiable need to investigate during that time. Mm.
5: Well, that's, you know, I was just reading a whole article about that. It's because that time at night is your probably only time to yourself. And so you're like consumed and it keeps you up and you're like looking at other things and you're just like really diving in and you don't want to go to sleep because... This is like the only time you have for these little minuscule things. I need to
4: research all of the things. And then I even have a text exchange with Kyle and our other friend, Jen. And it's just a cookie with a detective on it. Because like, (laughs) that's where we send all of our crumbs. Like every, because we can't miss out on anything that's going on. Like I need to know all of the action all the time, which leads me to the first topic that Teddy Teapod listeners are wanting us to dig into
5: which is the army hammer of it all. Oh, oh, army. What's Uh, happening with poor army? (laughs) to
4: To catch people up that don't know the backstory, I'm gonna just read you something that was just from an Us Weekly article. Army hammers no stranger to controversy and backlash, having raised eyebrows for his questionable behavior and comments as far as the early days of his career. DMs, which have not been verified, detailed domineering sexual fantasies ranging from rape to mutilation to cannibalism. Hammer called the screenshots bull, S-H-I-T, in a statement to TMZ in addition to slamming the vicious and spurious online attacks that caused his name to trend on Twitter for several days straight. So we are going to be bringing on a love, let me, let me look at it again. Exactly. Her name's Leela Darvell and she helps women and men become their most authentic sexual selves. Oh, so we exciting. can ask her questions in regards. I love that. To some of those. things. Can I ask her some personal questions? I mean, maybe we should <laughs> dig into that as well. Is scheduling sex
5: hot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, is, <laughs> is, uh, whenever you're in nasty. Okay. we'll we'll talk about that later.
4: Uh, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get in, I need to write this down. Um,
5: no, I'm thinking like whenever you're like literally feel like you have like baby spit up all over you and breast milk coming out of one nipple, and <laughs> then you're like trying to be like, but I'm hot,
4: <laughs> right? But oh, what you're not into, but I have this is the weird thing about men. I've noticed that whenever I like feel my hottest, like my husband never says anything, totally. but whenever I feel like not cute at all, my husband's like, you look just hot today, babe. And I'm like, what? Story
5: story of my life. Like I I get all dressed up. I literally came home from what was the last award show we did something for? Um, People's Choice Awards, I guess. Um, I came home all done up in the gown and everything and, you know, spent two and a half hours in hair and makeup. And he's like, (laughs) doesn't do much for me. I'm like, what the what I was like don't say that he's like no I mean you look fine but I mean like who, eh. and by the way who wants to look fine I know I'm like <laughs> what uh, like just but yeah a,
4: a little bit I think that maybe men could also work on compliments just a touch totally
5: and then if I'm wearing like literally jeans and a t-shirt and tennis shoes then it's like yeah now let's go out. I want to show you off, and I'm like, "What the? F-? No, you don't. I want to go hide. I, I was like, "Crap." I
4: know it's, but no, total craziness. But I, what I, what I'm a little bit confused about before we even bring her on, and maybe you know, yeah, maybe you guys have covered this in, and at uh, in daily pop is how are these DMs starting? Like, if you have a fake DM
5: place where you've started a fake account, how are people believing that it's you? Well. It's just a lot of people have verified that it's him. And some of these DMs are actually on his army hammer handle. I mean, it's not just like a, a fake Insta, Finsta here that he's using. Like a lot of them are through his actual army hammer. Granted, Photoshop is very easy nowadays. So let's always like say that, you know, benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> uh It could be that... You know, there's Photoshop and all these things. And as he says, these are total BS. So I want to keep that, you know, in the clear that it's always a possibility. The, the situation is that, that there's a lot of women when you have a lot of women and they all have very similar stories. um You know, things seem to add up, you know, and these are personal encounters. These aren't just DMs. These are relationships he's had in the past. There's ex-girlfriends speaking out. His ex-wife did release a statement and she, very PC statement, um, just said basically that she was shocked to find out all of these things, which is kind of saying, yeah, it's probably true, Uh, right? To say that she's completely shocked. I
4: mean, he also did a, what is this from? From Playboy back from like seven years ago, he said, I used to like to be a dominant lover. I liked the grabbing of the neck and the hair and all of that. But then you get married and your
5: sexual appetites change. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's changed. (laughs) He just found it somewhere else.
4: (laughs) But do they, but that's, that's what I'm curious about. Oh, good. Uh, Lila is in the waiting room, so let's take a little break and then bring her up and start grilling her all of our questions. Yeah, that's a good question. I know. We need to ask her.
3: Hey, guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season, we're taking on Wasp.
5: They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us.
8: Culture, and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Maicetura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
9: Hey, everybody! Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host.
4: So excited to bring on Leela. She is a sex and intimacy coach. And obviously we have a lot of questions for her. How are
6: you ladies?
4: We're good. We're, we're, we're good. loaded with questions already. Cause we started discussing <laughs> Army Hammer and he said about uh-huh. that his sexual appetites changed once he got married to his wife, that, you know, he said for the better it's not like i'm suffering without it i mean you just can't pull your wife's hair it gets to the point where you say i respect you too much to do these kinds of things that i want to do
6: yeah i found that really interesting as well because you use the word respect and i would think you know in bdsm and kink that the the most paramount thing is actually that you respect who you're with yeah. Um, and it's not a geography, geography thing and you're not caring about them, but it is a, it's an interesting, the idea with it a lot in my coaching clients, this, you know, when you, when you get married and you have kids, just this, this shift that happens in, first of all, for the women and her own identity, but also how she's viewed by her partner and how she's viewed in society. And I think it really comes down to the fact that, you know, we don't usually see the maternal as being sexy. I was um I was just reflecting on it actually. Do you remember when the term MILF came out? Yeah. Do you remember the what was that movie? Stifler's Um, mom (laughs) MILF. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it was like this revelation. It's like, oh my gosh, a mom can be sexy, and can someone couldn't want to f*** her? Like, excuse me, but someone could want to have sex with her. You know. But like, what about before that? And I think it's a very societal thing, especially in the West, that women who are moms aren't viewed as sexual creatures. And I think that's what we're dealing with as women today, when we're trying to fuse our maternal self with our sexual self, um, rather than being like that stops as soon as you become a parent and And also that our parent, our partners start viewing us differently.
5: I was going to say, do you think that that society thing translates into why husbands are lots of times cheating, sometimes whenever they have young babies at home
6: even, because
5: they're all of a sudden like, you're not, now I
6: can't fuck you the way I want to. Yeah, I think that the inability to reconcile this schism is a lot of the reasons why relationships don't last or why you break up within three years of having a child. Um, because we don't really know how to reconcile that, we don't really know what we're working with, so we make it about a lack of love or something that's missing in the, the relationship, rather than saying, "Okay, well, this is something that exists, and how can we work to better it?"
4: And do you think sexual fantasies change, though, or do you think that you will always have those? Like, I, I don't, I don't personally have. Like, I'm not a very vivid, like, sexual fantasy type type <laughs> of gal. Like, I. <laughs> as I'm like beat red all of a sudden. But um, do you think that like they really change or they just change for the person that you're with?
6: Um, I can speak for myself personally they've absolutely changed as I've become more self-aware as I've uh, explored different areas and different facets of my sexuality as I've become a mom like I feel like my sexual fantasy is what more- I desire really have shifted um, and I think we should make a distinction there between sexual fantasies and desires because they're actually different things um, oh. and um, and I think we really get those a little bit muddled. So a sexual fantasy is something that you think about doing but you don't necessarily want to enact, that you don't necessarily want to have play out in life. Like Like one example is a lot of women have the the fantasy of being dominated or being um uh, I, I don't know if I should say it on the podcast but of being raped per se like it's a fantasy does she actually want to be raped no what she wants to experience is the feeling of surrender and being taken over by someone else and she wants to have that experience within herself but she doesn't actually want to be raped she just wants to have that dynamic and that energy play out How common does that make sense?
4: How common is it for that fantasy to exist? Like, is there any sort of
6: statistics or? Uh, I mean, it's really hard to quantify how many people are having these kind of fantasies and how popular they are. But, you know, the most common ones are multi-partner sex, I guess, uh, power control, rough sex. um, And the The fantasies of being forced to have sex, I would say, well, I actually read a statistic from this study done by a guy called Justin Mailer, and he says nearly two-thirds of women and over half of men have the fantasy of being forced to have sex. Wow. Yeah.
5: I mean, this seems like if you go back to the Army Hammer's DMs, it seems like some of these started off as innocent, and then they just – it's like he kind of pulled out of this thing, and then they took, like, these dark turns, like – at what point, you know, whether you're in the situation physically or maybe you're just talking about it with somebody, like when do you say like, I like when should it, how do, can you help prepare somebody who may be like <laughs> in the situation <laughs> where like this could be going down a wrong road and like you want to stop before yeah. it gets too far. You don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. like I feel like some of these Definitely. women feel extremely manipulated. That's yeah. how they, they worded it, that they felt manipulated by arm. Our- me so yeah if you are a woman and you're in these like you know weird conversations what's a way to help strengthen your
6: uh I have a lot to say on that actually because like when I read Army Hammer's text initially like Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of weeks ago when they first came out I read them as as a sex coach and thought okay that's like seem like pretty typical male kind of dominating characteristics like pretty normal to me a little bit extreme but you know Pretty typical of dummy behavior. Um, and then as you read further and you realize that you know there's there's some consent violations. Right. Like, like the woman says, I wanted him to stop most of the time. Or she refers to having something around her neck during sex as being too much, and he carries on. So the thing with BDSM is that there are what you're doing is you're creating healthy and ethical ways to consensually experience sex and pain and most of these most of it requires self-knowledge and communication skills and you know emotional maturity in order to make safe sex like sex safe and mutually gratifying so the problem with what I see with this case is that you know it's not so much about the kinks and about um, the alleged BDSM it's more that there are consent violations because BDSM is predicated on the fact that you're creating a safe container and creating an environment where you have two mutually consenting adults. Um, And that's not the case with with the text thread. You can see that there's, you know, that there's consent violations and that's the core of the issue here. It's not so much about the kinks because, oh my gosh, there are so many kinks out there (laughs) and so many different ways of expressing in this human body sexually that um, yeah, that's not the issue. The issue is that these women weren't consenting, and I, and I, you know, I looked at Paige, for instance, who's one of the women who have come forward, and there's been multiple women, right, who have come forward and have said I felt violated, I feel traumatized, and you know that that setting wasn't there, so it's not BDSM. If it's not there, then it becomes abuse, then it becomes traumatic, then it becomes violation, well, and well, so that is that's like, the problem with alcohol. The-
4: Played a big part in it, with you know. I mean, if there's the drug testing, we're avoiding, and I was able to take this without, and then there's snorting. Video, all of those things kind of play into it. But I absolutely question that. Maybe it's an ignorant question, but is cannibalism considered a fetish or a
6: kink? Yeah, yeah. There's a definitely a cannibalism fetish. What is interesting about that as a fetish is that it actually has nothing to do with eating another person, right? To eat another person, you essentially like, you know, that you, you're going into the death realm, right? So mm-hmm. So <laughs> with cannibalism fetishes, it's predicated on a certain amount of fantasy. And there are like elements to toy around with say, um, you know, you might um, talk about cutting someone open or even pretend to cut someone open or you might talk about turning someone into a piece of meat and cutting into them, but it's, it's, you're enacting it. It's, 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 it's you know, you're playing it out. It's not realistic actually. Um, and it's yeah. Cannibalism fetishes are not about actually eating. another The so way you're saying is that
4: yeah. the, the, the bigger issue isn't what these fantasies or this kink portion, it's that he wasn't getting consent while acting out these fantasies that, that really He didn't actually want to cut off somebody's toe and keep it in his pocket?
6: (laughs) Not necessarily. You know, I don't know because we're reading a text thread, right? Right. And that's that's the difficult thing with text threads. You're getting a a little portion. You don't know what the setup was beforehand. But this is the danger with text messages as well. Like, when do you know? And BDSM is all about creating that safe container and knowing where the limits and where the boundaries are. And if they're in a consensual scene where it's being played out through text and they both know that they're in it, then it can be really fun and and playful. Now, if the other person thinks, Oh my God, this is getting really serious. He actually wants to do this to me. And if you express that and he continues, that is a consent violation and that is a crossing of boundaries. And that's where it becomes harmful.
5: Would, would you advise somebody who's going to go out with a guy and is thinking about maybe having like a one night stand with somebody to try BDSM or is that too risky?
6: <laughs> no, BDSM, I'm sorry, like, yeah, no, absolutely not.
5: <laughs> How many times should you sleep with somebody before you go into BDSM? I'm just
6: asking. Yeah, I mean, BDSM in its purest form, it takes a lot, like the, the, be- the people in the BDSM community are the best communicators I know.
5: Are they mostly married couples?
6: not necessarily okay. but there's a, there's a community there's a whole community of them there's also clubs uh, yes absolutely there's so much to off like there is so much out there we see a small slither of it and I think that's why we're really surprised when we hear cannibalism fetish but um but it's a huge community and it's it, the basis of it is consent and creating these safe spaces and so that takes a skill a learned skill you're better off learning from somebody who already knows it um and learning off them and learning the methods of communication and you know like that self-knowledge part is really important um like you can't if you don't know where your limits and boundaries are as a as an individual being how are you going to express that to somebody else and how are they then going to um to acknowledge them and and uh, respect them like when i think about okay In the mainstream, right? Like, I guess 50 Shades of Gray really was pregnant
4: with like my first, I think. And I was like, what is is happening to me? Right? Face up your love life, Teddy. come out? Like, I was like, is it normal that you're like things change when you're pregnant all of a sudden you're more like have more sexual feelings or I,
6: I yeah there's a huge when i when i'm pregnant i become massively sexual not sensual sexual like Mm -hmm. i want it big and intense and you know i want i want the i want to be engulfed you want to feel energy. small oh yes <laughs> That's what it is. you yeah. want to feel small again <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but like i'm bringing up 50 shades of gray because it was so absolutely massive in shaping our sexual norms and mingling sex and violence for the mainstream and uh, sorry 50 Shades is actually a really poor example oh. of setting up a scene and creating safe, safe boundaries. Um, like what I said about help creating those healthy, ethical, consensual ways to, and using self knowledge and communication skills, like that goes out the window with Anna and Christian like she Anna says yes to to sex when she's uncomfortable because she's too shy to speak her mind or because she's afraid of losing Christian mm. or that she gives consent to for him to inflict the pain yet that when he does it like it, she feels harmed by it so you know that is not that is not clean pure BDSM that is dangerous BDSM and that's what we all associate with the BDSM they have that meeting they write down what she's willing to do what she's willing not willing to do it goes out the window they <laughs> do whatever and and yeah and she feels violated in a, in a big part of that and I think we've we've kind of got the wrong idea about how to set up these safe scenes so that both people are mutually pleasured and feel safe. So if
4: somebody is actually curious about this and they're wanting to, you know, broaden their sexual fantasy or whatever it may be, what are safe ways to learn about it? And so that you don't fall into the trap of, you know, what you saw in Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Or uncomfortable?
6: I would say getting involved in the community online, you know, that's a really great way. Like if you find yourself even having these fantasies and and having shame around them and feeling like they're not normal um I'll, I'll tell you now there's a huge community of people online that it is very normal for them and they've found really healthy ways of experiencing um and expressing them so going online there's so many resources um, um, uh, yeah, there's tons of resources online. And then, you know, I don't know if it's available right now because of COVID, but there are clubs where you can go and um, they're like kind of dungeony kind of spaces, but you can experience like watching somebody being tied up in the shibari method, you know, and you can see what the process is beforehand that they go through and what signals and communication um, techniques they have like to set up that scene and to make it safe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's plenty in LA actually. <laughs> and same with vlogging or anything like that that you you kind of want to experience or you want more knowledge on, there's a plethora of resources out there online.
5: I love it.
4: Do you, yeah. Do you think that if there was more of a discussion about this, then people would... This wouldn't be such a shock to all of us right now. Like, Uh, like right now, I think he's losing jobs. He is how I don't even know how to express this in the in the correct way. But like, well, he's
5: losing his career. But I mean, I mean, to chime in on that answer, just I think also it's it's because of the consent thing, right? It goes back to the fact that these women are coming out and saying that they were uncomfortable. They felt manipulated. They felt violated. And they feel traumatized from it. Traumatized. And if it was, if it was a consensual loving thing that he was having with these several women, then they wouldn't be coming out saying those
6: things. Exactly. I, I totally believe that as well. And you know, and I, you combine
5: it too, Teddy, with those other things you said too—the the the videos of him drinking and driving, the videos of him doing other sending things, sending
4: it to other people. Like, I, I, this, mm-hmm. this getting away from Army. Why do men, or maybe women do this too, <laughs> but why do men or women feel the need to send what they're doing
6: to other people? Ooh, <laughs> who's <is> that? <laughs> maybe there's willing validation. You know. Um, yeah, validation and acknowledgement. Else's,
4: and, like without somebody else's consent, like why is that ever a good idea?
6: I would say it was never a good idea.
5: Like, I mean, take, take a video of yourself drinking and driving. I mean, I don't know. What is he doing bragging about it? And it's, I don't know.
6: So make we live sense. in that, that world now, right? And we look at TikTok and Instagram. It's just all out there. Everyone's putting it all out there. And transparency it's just second is nature. the way. Right, yeah. yeah
5: some people at this point you're right they're so familiar with filming themselves non-stop throughout the day it's just second yeah. nature yeah, i mean and I, know, I, I, I think, think that, but maybe yes
6: and just on that note of alcoholism and and yeah drinking and drugs and stuff you know you do lose um a little bit of discernment <laughs> when you're under the influence which is why in BDSM you never participate when you've um, been drinking or or been taking drugs because mm. it's very hard to acknowledge your own boundaries and that of somebody else's when you're under the influence. Good and idea. so I think people are like posting when they are under the influence. And so they've lost that that sense Good. of discernment of what is, yeah, what is right and healthy. And then
4: Carissa, mm. you were going to ask a question before first break and don't think I forgot it.
5: <laughs> I think I forgot <laughs> it. What was my question? Oh, how do you feel sexy whenever you're covered in breast milk and
4: spit up spin
5: uh, we when we do
4: that, I was like, hold on, where are we going? <laughs> oh, wow.
6: Well, yeah, I mean, there are seasons for everything, right? I wouldn't say that I felt, felt like my sexiest self when I had, you know, all the bodily fluids and all of, all of that. But, um, you know, I think and acknowledging that we don't always feel like the full moon in terms of our sexuality and know that there's waxing and waning with it. Um, when you're breastfeeding, there's just there's a biochemical thing that's going on in the body as well where your all your sex hormones are suppressed because you're you're producing prolactin for the milk and to produce milk mm. for the baby. So to acknowledge that, to know that you know you're not necessarily going to want that hot style of sex that may be the connection connection that you're after and the intimacy that you're looking for is more more of the warm variety, a little bit okay. more sensual and a little bit more just being held and <clears throat> and adored rather than that hot, passionate sex that we we all think is the, the thing yeah. to be vying for all the time.
5: I do have another question and I have to ask this because I have this conversation with a lot of my friends and, you know, I've been with my husband for like 13 years. We haven't been married that long, but we've been together for a very long time. So we've obviously had like seasons where it's hot and heavy seasons where it's not as hot and heavy and it kind of like ebbs and flows. And what, one of the things whenever we ever go through like a lull period where like we haven't been having sex as much as we usually do it's like getting back on track like what's the like is there like a like a schedule <laughs> like you should follow <laughs> to like get you back onto the like your regular scheduled pro-
6: programming
5: do you know what <laughs> i mean like, is there like, like what's to- the best tip to get back on regular schedule programming whenever you've taken a little break?
6: <laughs> yeah, I think to acknowledge for yourself like why sex is important in your life, why your why your relation. Why your relationship is important, um, and to even like have that conversation with your partner, and then to prioritize it. I mean, we are so busy. There are so many things that we we could possibly do in a day that, if we just let left it up to chance, I think it really gets pushed to the bottom of the list a lot of the time. So it's not about scheduling sex. It's about carving out time to connect with your partner, mm-hmm. and then through that connection um, that you carve out. Uh, you know, seeing what arises, seeing what wants to be played out, seeing what the dynamic allows for. Um, and it may, it may turn sexy. You never know, but I am not a huge advocate of like scheduling sex and making sure that you have penetrative sex <laughs> and you both get off. I'm more about <laughs> scheduling time just for intimacy and just, and for that connection time. I and mean, through that, that connection, then, A lot of the time I find that it's like, you know, you get all those warm, fuzzy feelings and you, you get to share, you know, what's going on in your inner world and you feel that connection and warms your heart and then flows over into other areas of your body and you're open and, you know, want to, you know, want to connect in that way. But, you know, we get pretty swamped by the practical and everything. I I like
4: ending on that positive note. Where do people, I know that you have a great podcast. Can you plug, give us all the info so that people can
6: tune in? So there's the Intimate Knowledge podcast, iHeartRadio podcast that's available on iTunes. Um, but you can find me and all of my work of Um, And I have uh, a great course, actually. It's called Living Turned On. It's a really great way for mums and people who are super, super busy to kind of get into their bodies and to tune into themselves. Um, it's really, really short. It's a short kind of bite-sized course. Um, yeah, and I have, yeah, lots of stuff coming out as well on my website, so
5: awesome thank
4: you for joining us
6: yeah not a problem ladies thanks for having me bye
4: thanks bye bye she was so great i know i i didn't i did not even realize that cannibalism is considered a kink
5: i did no i didn't either i didn't know that was a really like a real fantasy i thought i thought that was a death no, thing i thought it was like <laughs> you get arrested right i thought that was like i want to eat you like i want to kill you like a we don't know much. I don't
4: think that we're living on the edge as much as
5: I don't think we are. I think we need to open our eyes and uh, realize there's a bigger world out there. There's a a bigger world out there. I mean, I can't,
4: I mean, not to get too personal, but like, even if like Edwin's like too chatty during, during the business yeah. enough, buddy, I'm
5: good. The- Just wait. Next time you go, he's going to be like, I'm going to take a bite out of your arm, Teddy. <laughs> You're going to like your, it. Your arm looks delicious. Like, no! no. some salt and pepper on that elbow, will you? <laughs> Definitely ranch
4: dressing downstairs. no, no. No. Uh, well,
5: if we're not into it now, we probably won't ever get I, I into mean, it.
4: I mean, I'm so I've honestly ter- I've now been in a full sweat even from. <laughs> I'm like
5: <sighs> that. W- yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, some of that stuff sounds exciting that she was talking about, but not so much the cannibalism.
4: No. I think I'm good without it. I think I'm good. Um, but to each his own. To each, to each his own. own. Just consent, y'all. Consent. <laughs> but uh, now we have to take a little break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about some trends. I didn't even know until the other day skinny jeans are out. What?
5: Well, I'm not. I'm not following that. No. Fine. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs>
8: and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season, we're taking on Wasp.
5: They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible
9: People quit.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Okay, guys, now we are bringing on Nikki and Stacy who are going to be talking all <laughs> things mom jeans, skinny jeans are out. I, I refuse. <laughs> I can't do it. We have to talk about everything in regards to all the things that are in. <laughs> Uh, and your hilarious TikTok video in some of the comments. <laughs> yes, those comments
2: were uh, some yeah. for the books for sure.
4: All right, guys. Tell us about the video. I need I need to know what inspired it. I need to know why I need to buy these jeans that will <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually don't think you should because I'm gonna remain true to my skinny
2: jeans for sure. But Stacey here is the brainchild. And there was something going on with TikTok with side parts and skinny jeans. And one day I was at Ulta in my typical uniform, which is skinny jeans and my side part. And lo and behold, she put up a post on me
4: saying, clearly someone didn't get the menu. I'm sorry, the memo.
2: And then all of a sudden, boom.
4: (laughs) I think for some of us, the middle part doesn't work that well. I mean, you said it in your video, but like I have a widow's peak. And so if I have a middle part, it's. And one, bangs are always a mistake. Curtain bangs, mm. you're good oh, yes. get after getting it. Like, for sure. So, like, I've never once gotten bangs and gone, you know what? I need to get these again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I even go so far to say to my hairdresser, when I bring it up to you
5: in a year, say it's a hard no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because right? inevitably, I bring it up. Listen, I think that we should always just, like, take into consideration our own face shapes, our own, Body like, shape. what body shape and you always dress for your body and like you kind of got to ignore trends trends are fun for if you want to try something new then i think don't spend a lot of money on a trend but i think in general women should just always dress for their body shape and a high waisted jean is the only good. thing i'm wearing uh, since having babies i uh, probably till the end of time
4: <laughs> A high waisted stretchy jean is, is is my life i mean granted i haven't worn anything with buttons in months but <laughs>
2: Surprise. I will wear jeans without stretch and I think a lot of the problem with the mom jeans is a lot of them are more rigid um, and I prefer to, it's just more comfortable especially so the older you get just to have a little movement in the jean right yeah Yeah.
4: I, I think we're all pretty aware of what we look and feel best in we kind of have to go with that but I can't believe some of the other things that are supposedly out as well oh all black everything is out well then I'm a hundred percent out because <laughs> <laughs> who said that yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard that. Well, I don't know. I, I see a whole thing. Fashion trends, everyone ditched. I'm like, everyone but Teddy and the others on Teddy Teapot. Like, <laughs> chunky oh
5: my God, good to know.
4: Chunky sneakers out, which I'm fine with.
5: I yeah. love a funky sneaker. I was so late to the game on those that I just bought them. I'm not throwing them away yet. I just oh, got them. Keep
4: no. you- <laughs> the little tag thing on that like all the cool kids do. Yeah. yeah
5: oh the
4: off-white ones yeah. and i got a little, oh, little
5: star and glitter on them i mean i like them it just makes me feel young again well
2: who's <laughs> wearing heels right now with a pandemic right yeah, you so the truth is, the is sneakers
5: fit the bill Ugh.
2: thank you Thank you. what she said
4: <laughs> the neon activewear trend ran its course i still have it all alo's still producing it i'm purchasing it like i'm not done with it what do you guys think on that Well, I love anything pink. So for me,
2: I found these really cool vintage uh, hot pink track pants when I was walking down Ventura
5: Boulevard one day. And they were
2: bright and I got them and they're probably super dated, but I love them.
5: I got to really look good in it. I mean, it's got (laughs) to be something that makes me look real good because I know that once I put it on, all these eyes are going to be on me. So if I don't look like an 11, mm, I don't want (laughs) to
4: thing that is a concern to me is you guys did this cute video. It was funny. You're talking about mom jeans. You're talking about curtain bangs, blah, blah, blah. But the comments that I read are like, people got angry. Yeah. Like, people are like, don't, uh, you look so much younger with that part. Middle part and baggy jeans look good. on." You. Well, that was a compliment, but like just wear what you like, hair and clothes! Exclamation point! Like, why do you have so much rage? <laughs> Fine, Just if you have fun, do a zigzag. The zigzag part—it's like. I mean, people yeah. have so many opinions in regards to how we dress, how we look, what makes us feel the best. Why is that? And why do we listen?
6: Um, I think it struck a nerve with a lot of people. Listen, we know that we live in a pretty ageist society and world where youth is revered. And so I think when people are sort of poking them at like, whoa, what you're doing is making you seem older. I think it just, it it, uh, offended a lot of people and it struck a nerve with them.
2: And actually another thought is if you think about it, I think a lot of times we actually dress for women, right? For other women to compliment us, to say something nice. So I think if you looked at the majority of the compliments and the comments and the negative statements, it was Mm -hmm. largely female. It was almost all female. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting because, you know, a lot of times what we think looks good and super stylish, there's no way a guy's going to think it looks hot, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be our friends like, oh, those sunglasses, which are so big, look so chic. Whereas my ex husband used to say to me, uh, You should only be wearing aviators. I'm going to throw your glasses away. So it's a woman who
5: weigh in. <laughs> oh, Teddy and I have already vented about this earlier. Oh, yeah. we're like, <laughs> What is
4: happening that anytime we think we look our best, our husbands are like, Nah, yeah. Away. And yeah. When, we're, when we're at our worst, they're compliment central. But I, I don't even think it's really about like chasing youth or wanting to be a millennial or any of those types of things. I think. Women want to dress in what they, what they, their best foot forward and whatever's going to make them feel most confident. And I don't know that it's necessarily an age thing. Like, I'm definitely not going to like wear those thick socks over my sweatpants and like try to do all that because it's not who I am in general, but it's not because I feel like I'm too old to do it.
5: Oh, I have things I feel like I'm too old to do. Well, what about jean shorts? I still wear, so I
2: love my jean shorts still, (laughs) and I am pushing 50. So I think there is some real concern when I show up at my kids' football game and I'm in my jean shorts. So, do we think that that's something that should be kind of put away as we tip the scale on the age? We're older than Um, you guys. Do you guys
4: want to know an embarrassing story regarding jean shorts? So when I
0: first yeah.
4: audition, not audition, my tape for Housewives, I wore these little booty jean shorts because I was like, I want to get, you know, I was like trying to cause a stir and I was like, I'm going to wear these ridiculous platforms and jean shorts while I'm taking care of my kids to like make a splash. Like this is just for the, you know, the original tape. Right. They used it in my first episode.
6: Oh my Did God. Did they really?
4: So you made your statement then it worked. <laughs> oh, like it worked. The bottom of my butt crack was almost hanging out. That's how short, sure, like, I was like, this is a situation. Like why, and that from that day on, I was like, okay I'm no longer going to like, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. So Have yes. you worn them since? Uh, they you? don't fit anymore. <laughs>
2: okay but like jean shorts like to run out on a. well i guess none of us get to go out on vacation but on vacation like if going to the
5: beach or to the pool i'm not anti-jean shorts it just depends on the style uh yeah i don't necessarily love like the booty booty short ones like teddy was describing (laughs) she wore with her platforms we need to see that we gotta go back and look at that now but i'm not I'm not anti them, especially in LA, because it's just such a beautiful weather year round that I feel like you got to have variety in your closet. So you got to have some shorts, you know, because it gets hot.
6: It also depends what you're wearing on top, too.
5: Yes. You got to keep it chic on all top. If gonna, Correct. If you wear like a button up, a nice, like loose button up, I think that's hot.
2: <laughs> I don't think it's so much about age as much of like we all know our bodies and what Looks best on our own bodies, or so we feel more comfortable. And so, for example, you know, back in the day, I used to wear really low-waisted jeans. You probably don't even know Frankie B. They were these like amazing low, low, low jeans. Well, there is no version where I can
4: wear low jeans now. Like it's <laughs> yeah. high-waisted all the way. Hold yeah. it in,
2: like it's so. I think it also has to. Do
4: with I high fully agree. And. <sighs> Uh, where do people watch this video of you so that we can all go down the same exact rabbit hole that I did where I had to Google the best mom gene? <laughs> <laughs> Stretch. Can I start parting my hair back into the center? Like where? Wh- what's your TikTok names?
6: It's called um, like love lose. So it started like what we like, what we love and what we're going to lose. And the lose is always like
2: Dry January.
6: Dry January. All your Apple subscriptions that you're overpaying for. It's ooh, very- it was
2: really more <laughs> entertainment for us since yes. you we're sitting here during this pandemic. Yeah,
4: I love it. Truthfully, <laughs> thank you guys for um, uh, joining us. And next, when everything opens back up, we got to get the lady sitter. We'll all have some drinks. We all love it. And- Sounds good. Dress- Thanks for having us. <laughs> righty. thank you guys. Bye, bye guys. Bye. 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 All right, Carissa. So now that it's just us, what are we going to close out talking about? Well, I think we should start with Wendy. You we should talk. Did
5: you watch? I watched the movie. The, you watched the Lifetime movie, not
4: the documentary.
5: Yes. I haven't got a chance to see the documentary yet, but the Lifetime movie was good. I didn't watch the Lifetime movie, I watched the documentary.
4: Oh, great. <laughs> perfect (laughs) this is perfect. but like okay so these are the things that we know all right one like power to her for for doing this but like there was something like she was on a chase lounge the entire time during the documentary with like leg compression like things on like maybe drinking a glass of champ like it was a bit okay that that was like not what i was ready for in regards to like where you're gonna like share all of your deepest darkest secrets
5: (laughs) She is definitely not afraid to share. Did she just go there? Did she share everything? I mean,
4: she shared everything. I mean, there was some parts that were a little bit fuzzy to me. Like she w- went into like a treatment center. Like remember when she it yeah. on her show? Um, but then she said, you know, I'm not, an. it was kind of BS being there because I'm not an addict. And right. so stuff like that. So she shared that. So, but like, I kind of wanted more info on the show on the leaving, that type of stuff. But she did share a lot about her, her childhood and like, she's had like weight issues her whole life. that, that yeah, her parents don't sound so nice. Oh my gosh. I mean, her parents like creating like an eating disorder at a young age and yeah. all types of things. So that was definitely hard to watch. But then there were parts that I watched that like, showed her when she was working at the radio stations and she was saying things like, you know, I had to do Coke five nights a week because I worked the night, you know, like all, but she's just so matter of fact about it. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow. Um, but she did this interview with Whitney Houston where you're like only Wendy could have gotten this interview.
5: Oh, a hundred percent. I remember that. Um, she is definitely the one thing that I take away is just like, She's a hustler. She believes in herself. And she really, even though she was married to Kevin, it sounds like she just did everything by herself, for herself, like with no help of anybody. And yeah, she took a weird path to get there, but man, her hustle is so admirable. Like I just walk away and I think like, I don't know, it's different. She's definitely made her, her money and her name off of like a scandalous way of being the girl that like she was revolutionary whenever she started like telling everybody's gossip. And now it's like, everybody does that. You know, everybody talks about everybody's gossip. We talk about everyone's <laughs> gossip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, she definitely started this whole thing that she deserves a lot of credit for. Um, but then as with all these people that have become uber famous, do you just leave feeling like at least with the film I did, it just felt, sad. I felt
4: sad at the end. And I think that that is the hard thing. And I I watched this other movie last night, this other documentary called Fake Famous about influencers. And Mm. it's not the same, but there's something that's tied to fame that is tied to being in the public eye, that no matter how authentic and how straightforward and no matter how you can be, it can really suck you up
5: and chew you up and honestly break your heart. Well, tell me, because you grew up not with a famous father, but you didn't necessarily spend all your time in LA and in the front forefront, you still were able to have a very normal childhood, but then, you know, your life dramatically probably changed obviously after real housewives and yeah, did it feel like it changed? I think
4: think it did. Did you
5: feel lonelier or do you feel more fulfilled after
4: it really comes in waves um I think that because there were so when I came out here I came out here and I wanted to be an actress and I had all these big dreams and they were crushed like right at the beginning I mean I I've told this story before but like I went in on an audition and I I they said I got the callback and then before the callback they called the manager and they said like you need to lose weight if we're gonna hire you and I just remember having so much like I'm done with this. I don't ever want to put myself in the public eye again. And then, you know, 20 years later or whatever it was, Housewives presented itself to me, and it there were parts that were really fun and great about it. But you know, I, I'm seeing they're all away the on their trip right now, and I'm I know what those trips are.
1: Mm, and I know how bad or good
4: that is I know we have some fun but you know when you're on those trips like you are nonstop, 24 7 and it is brutal and me sitting here it's like last night I'm cuddled up with my kids watching Cobra Kai thinking gosh I don't have to try to spark a ton of drama." you know like I don't have yeah to, I don't have to come for someone right now Like, and I'm not saying that it's made up, but like when you live your life in front of the public eye and you have to feel your full emotions where like in your day-to-day life, you don't necessarily have to do that. Like I can get annoyed by stuff or annoyed by a
5: friend and go (sighs) whatever, because I don't have a camera watching me. Such a good point. Like you can. So, yeah. You can. And but ne- but whenever that's what makes a good reality show, you have to like every little thing that maybe just kind of annoys you in that an everyday person like me, like my husband does something that pisses me off. And I probably will just like whatever soup it under the rug, I'll deal with it tomorrow or I'll just let it go. You can't because if you don't confronted with her friend or a spouse, then you're missing a moment that could be making compelling television. When, when you have compelling television, you have high ratings. When you have high ratings, you get higher checks. It's a job, you know, it all comes back down into a big circle.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, it really is. It's an internal struggle because you and I, you, you know, you want some, I know I want something else. I know that I want, I want to be able to authentically be who I am and, Not live one foot in, one foot out, if that makes any sense on the life that I actually live, but I don't know what it is. And so I think that coming through that is something that's, there's been hard days, but I don't know if it's because of housewives or because of a childhood dream that I've always had.
5: Yeah. And like touch it, but not in the way you originally wanted to touch it. And you still trying to figure out what exactly that dream is now. Trust me. God, I feel very, (laughs) I connect with you on that (laughs) because you you have these things that you think you're going to do and you don't know, but then you grow and you, and you have experiences on television or whatever, as Wendy did in different ways. And you realize like, maybe that's not as glamorous as I thought I was going to be, or maybe that's not exactly what I thought I wanted to do. Now I'm older, I'm wiser and also I have children now. So my priorities are different. You know, maybe I don't want to always be in LA, like all these com these, conversations are constantly going on in your head. Um, Sorry. I don't know how I turned that (laughs) back around,
4: but it's It's even a good place to like kind of end on. But I think that that is a huge, I think as kids, I kind of thought that you were going to, I was going to grow up and then I would make this decision for my life. And that was going to be my life. I realized that every single year I was going to want to push for more. That complacency was, is where I'm my most unhappy. Like that, I have to continue like pushing, pushing my boundaries, figuring out what I want next, trying to fight for things, being rejected.
5: All of those
4: things are part of what makes us who we are and better at what we do.
5: Exactly right. And and you're totally right. You think when you're young that you're gonna have one job and you're gonna do that till you retire and then you're gonna vacation and travel with your husband while your kids are grown and have grandbabies. Like you have this picture, but it just doesn't feel like the hustle never No, and never then I'm stopped. like, I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, when, when can we be as rich know, as Wendy right?
4: Williams? That uh, <laughs> oh, sounds pretty nice. Uh, Marissa, I could talk to you for no. hours. Thank you so much for joining us. I know. Um, I hope that we can come on and do this together again soon. I would
5: love to. I love chatting with you. Where do our teapotters find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram, Carissa Culliner, and you can watch Daily Pop. It's live every day at 11 a.m. Eastern.
4: Perfect. Bye.
5: (laughs) Bye, honey.
1: Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Teddy Teapot on iHeartRadio
0: or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations.
3: check the back seat. gets in your head right good because every year dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver all never thought it could happen to them but with changes in routines distractions or a sleeping child it can happen to anyone parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly so get it in your head check the back seat. a message from nitsa and the ad council
0: hi there i'm bob pittman chairman and ceo of iheartmedia In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.